Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C. And welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast that is dedicated to learning, growing, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's special guest is Nicole D. Miller. Nicole D. Miller is an author, speaker, poet, and soon-to-be novelist. She has a knack for intertwining her faith and culture through writing and loves depicting black characters who are both spiritual and relevant to this generation. She has authored three books and an ebook. She loves spending time with friends, working out, anything with music, and petting her sweet cat, BJ. To learn more, visit her website, NicoleDMiller.com. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nikki C. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you for uh, coming on to today. And um, we're um, the listeners and everyone is excited to have you. And we're excited because uh, we, we were just talking offline about, you know, I love writers. I love having writers on the, on the uh, platform. And so to have someone that is an author, a speaker, a poet, and now a soon-to-be novelist, I'm like, yes, this is my <laughs> this is my area, this is my people. So I'm really excited to have you on. So before we get too deep into that, I would love for readers to just see slipped up readers. <laughs> I would love listeners <laughs> to get to get um to have an opportunity to get to know you a little better. So if you could just kind of, you know, tell us about yourself. Tell us, you know, your tell us a little bit about your journey and uh, how you are, you know, arrived to where you are now. Thank you. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. And I will say my journey has been unexpected, although I've arrived exactly where I wanted to be. Um, I so I, I'm uh, from Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio was born in Toledo and was raised by my mom and my grandma. So when you hear me say parents, that's what I mean, my mom and my grandma. Um, single parent home, but they raised me. They were very influential. My grandmother was a reader. We used to, you know, get the Danielle Steele books, and I fell in love with Omar Tyree's Fly Girl. Um, I used to read all the adult books that I should have been reading. <laughs> Uh, go to the barber or the beauty shop, you know, they're reading the latest, they're talking about it. So books were a huge part of my upbringing. Um, it definitely wasn't easy, clearly, if I was in a single parent home, but they worked hard. They worked hard to make sure I had great opportunities. Their biggest goal was keeping me in uh, suburban schools. You had mentioned redlining earlier. So mm -hmm. I definitely was a product of that. Um, at some points we lived in the city and I wasn't allowed to technically go to the suburban schools. We had to lie about our address and 
I caught, you know, public transportation, was catching like a couple buses, um, but the goal was just to make sure I had a good education and ultimately that paid off. I ended up going to Miami University for my undergrad and ended okay. up at <laughs> Baldwin Wallace um, to get my MBA in accounting. So it's been an interesting journey. Um, like I said earlier, nothing has turned out the way that I thought it would. But at this point in my journey, so much of it is exactly what I wanted it to be. So I'm grateful. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so you have definitely been on a journey. And I love that you said your grandmother was an avid reader. When you mentioned um, the Danielle Steele, it reminds me of... Uh, all the times I used to love, uh, <laughs> I used to love picking those up because you would always find them in like the grocery store and <laughs> and I would just sit there and just kind of read them when I can or, um, you know, when they were throwing out books in the library and stuff, I would get a Danielle Steele. I, I, I thought that she was amazing. And, yeah. you know, when you think about those, uh, those authors, they, they have a blueprint that they kind of follow mm -hmm. and it's just like. That's how they churn out book after book. Like, yep. how, do you, how do you write 10 books in a year? I, I, if I get 10 pages, <laughs> I feel mm -hmm. good. So that's exciting. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had an MBA in accounting. So uh, I'm assuming that writing wasn't your first path. What, was, uh, what, what were you doing um, during that time before you became the writer that you are now? You assume correctly. <laughs> Writing <laughs> was not my first path. I am still in shock that this is becoming more of a career. Um, so I went to school for business. I did my undergrad in marketing, actually. And it's only okay. until now being an entrepreneur that I'm like, okay, this is why I majored in marketing because I can't use it um, so yeah, I, I loved music. I was dating someone who was in the music business. I really saw myself graduating and using my degree in the music business. Um, I always heard how the music business was 90% business, 10% art. So, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that that's true in any type of artistic field. Even as I'm a writer, I'm so glad that my business background is helping me with establishing my writing career. So, but yeah, definitely, uh, really struggled and this is probably probably uh, the time when we talk about how life got in the way <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh really struggled after undergrad after getting my degree to get a job okay like mm. it was rough and I uh, was unemployed for several months rough for me because I'm a go-getter and I love I love to work so Understood. however I finally land a job Nikki C, I'm getting paid. I still remember eight fifty an hour. Okay, with a college degree <laughs> from Miami University, mm -hmm. my peers are getting, you know, they're getting a nice little salary. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was a, a super humbling period of time for me. Um, and, and I got my first real position probably about a year and a half after that, and that's when I had more opportunities to grow professionally. But my focus was more still in accounts receivable at that time, but like financial analysis, and then got into a little bit of accounting with ratios and looking at um, security agreements and business financials, P&Ls, balance sheets, all the things related to accounting. That's all the, that fun stuff. Yeah, the left brain <laughs> task oriented math stuff, um, which I thrived in. So I definitely was intrigued and wanted to grow and, and got my MBA in accounting. So the focus was that, but it was just a period of where I was not worked enough. Like the, the, the company I was at was really struggling and the workload diminished. 
that I started reading again. So I started reading blogs and people were blogging a lot back then. And reading blogs, I was reminded of how much I love stories. Like I used to read the Bible just for the stories. And I remember just as a kid having Bible stories passed down to me from like my great grandparents. And I just loved stories. I loved reading about people's lives. So as I'm, you know, reading people's blogs, I'm like, okay, I get inspired to write my own blog, which is still around. <laughs> I'm still blogging on that blog, uh, betterthanwine.net. And that's when I just started sharing my journey publicly and started sharing my faith and my community and the things I was learning and how I was growing. Never did I realize that that was going to be the catalyst for my writing career until one day I, I read someone else's blog about heartbreak. And I thought, why have I never written my story? I totally have a story about heartbreak. <laughs> and I wrote it in like 10 minutes. It was called How to Overcome Heartbreak, Recovering from Misguided Love. And I got such a great response. And I knew God was saying, this is the name of your first book. So it became my first book. <laughs> and that is what started everything. And I've pretty much been writing ever since, although my, my work has um, taken on more of a fiction mode and is focusing more on black stories and it's fine with spirituality, but definitely like the blog world is where I is where my roots are at as far as writing goes. So Okay. All right. Well, it, you know, you got to love a good blog. And, and it's so funny. Um, you forget about the blogging before there was podcasting, it was like blogging. And that was like a big thing. And I used to uh, people used to always say, Why don't you start a blog? But I was just like, Am I gonna commit to that? <laughs> I was I I couldn't even commit to my little you know like I was gonna be like a journal dear diary type of stuff I couldn't commit to keeping up with that so I was like I'm not going to commit I like reading other people's and like you Mm. said learning from them and getting inspiration but uh it was it was a struggle for me uh (laughs) they was like everybody's like start a blog and I was like I can't do it (laughs) you know what's interesting I wasn't consistent it literally has only been the last year that I've consistently blogged all those Mm. other years it was just when I was inspired when I felt led but when my third book came out that's when I was like all right Nicole get serious and so now every Monday morning (laughs) my subscribers get a new post um, it's on social media and I became consistent with my newsletters too which are released at the beginning of each month so well and I also have a, a live that I do every Wednesday so the last year has been like okay consistency <laughs> you get that a is the a new topic every Monday <laughs> that is the that is the blueprint to f- success is consistency yeah. and I, I, this is the first time for me, the podcast, I mean, next to like your, your regular job life, but this was the first thing that I was like consistent. Cause I was like, okay, I, I mean, I wrote a book, but I was in school, so I had to write the book. <laughs> so it was, it was a forced thing, but now it's like, oh, I'm gonna get to it. I will write, I will do it. But when I started the podcast, it was like, you have to put it out every Thursday. I was like, okay, cool. Now, so I love the fact that, like you said, consistency. Now you got the blog, you're doing the newsletter. And, um, and I like to, you talked about earlier, the Bible stories. Uh, I used to have that, the book of, was it, I don't know, it was like my little Bible stories. And I love that. <laughs> I loved the storytelling. And so yes. storytelling is so important. Um, and so you talk about spirituality. How how does um, spirituality kind of um, resonate or how does it 
show itself in your writing? Yeah, I would define myself as a Black Christian fiction writer. Uh, my first okay. two books are nonfiction, but I am telling my story very blatantly about my relationship with God because for me, it is a relationship and I could not claim the success, the open doors, how far I've come without giving him credit. So um, I would say my goal in the season of my writing is to show God in culture. So I think a lot of times people view God as being far away or hands off or not very tangible. But my experience, and this is what I aim to reveal in my characters' lives, is that he's near and he's doing life with us. And it's really like these people who are characters in my books are him with skin on. Like it's love with skin on. There is no judgment. It really is just relationship. It's friendship. It's doing life together. That's been my experience in real life with my friends, my mentors, my community. So my goal is really just to show that he's personable. He's with us every day. And he's in this thing with us called life. He's in the culture. Specifically, he's in black culture. Yes, I love that. I love that. Um, you definitely, it sounds like you have a very um, grounded, um, uh, the spirituality is really grounded in resonating and throughout your writing. So um, you talked about this idea of culture. What is, um, when you talk about the black culture, how have you been able to really just implement, what are some of the ways that you have found culture uh kind of um, seeping into your to your writing and your style so i feel like in my spirituality there was a period of time where i felt like i needed to turn my back on certain things in my culture maybe music lyrics were offensive or places to go could have caused me grief or convicted mm. me and I do feel like that was necessary for the work God was doing in me but I think a lot of that work was done to show me who my true identity was so that those things weren't influencing me and I could get to the place where I'm influencing those things so now if I go a certain place or if I hear certain things it's not defining me if anything like you said I'm so rooted in who I am that hopefully I'm influencing my surroundings. Um, so I would say what I've had so much fun with is God showing me he loves fashion, he loves music, he loves to have fun. Jesus turned water into wine. I know people don't like there to talk go. about that. But you know, cool. like, hey, just a <laughs> glass will do. Hey, that's turning up, right? It's a celebration. So my point is there's, there's a revelation of God within creation that he wants to reveal through humanity, through culture, through music, through dress, through events that are fun, you know, just having fun. He came to give us life and life more abundantly. He didn't come that for us to be sitting in a box, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for him to come back. So of course it's within reason. Everyone has their boundaries. Um, definitely be respectful of each other. But I just think for me, there was just a freedom that happened the last few years as I matured in him where I just saw like, oh, like you like my hair to be natural, you know, like that's a whole nother topic, yes. like, or this lipstick looks good on me. Like you pick this out, like you picked out this outfit for me, Jesus, you know, that he's that <laughs> in tune with us. And I don't think we, we see him that way. So I really strive to reveal that part of him in my writing. Okay. I love that. I think that, that, yeah, it's fashion and, 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 and so many elements to our culture and, and to be able to kind of, um, have that interwoven throughout is very, very 
important. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I love that, you know, you like to see, see culture, um, especially when you're looking at writing. And speaking of writing, um, every we talked uh, off camera a little bit, well, you know, to be a, become a good writer, you have to be a good reader. So what are some um, authors that really inspire your writing or that you kind of uh, find inspirational? So one of the Christian fiction writers that really impacted me is Francine Rivers. And it's interesting because okay. she released a book out years ago called Redeeming Love. And it depicts the story of Hosea in the Bible. And she does such a great job. One of the things that I really like about her is that she does push the envelope when it comes to Christian writing. So I think because of her background being a romance novelist, she's not as like tainted by religion and kind of being very strict like she goes there with the love scenes and so she just um they just released the the movie version of the book uh last month and i went to go see it and i know there's been some pushback about it from the christian community but again i'm like yes this is what we need realism she doesn't yes try to make these people perfect she shows them in their real life elements so i read a ton of her books um, I would say from the black community side, Fly Girl by Omar Tyree. That was like okay. one of my <laughs> all-time faves. I read that book cover to cover too many times. Um, mm -hmm. I also enjoy Sister Soldier's A Coldest Winner Ever. Uh, she was really yes. good. And one of my friends hit me to Jennifer Weiner. She has really good writing. She's so funny. So those are just a few of the books. Um, I recently read... Well, you know, I'm reading the other black girl right now. Yeah. <laughs> by Zakia, uh, Delilah Harris. And I recently read Bamboozled by Jesus, or yeah, Bamboozled by Jesus um, by uh, Lord Yvonne Orji. <laughs> and she's, yes, yes, she's yes. Awesome. That's funny. She has a great way of infusing the culture with spirituality as well. She's definitely someone that I admire who does that really well. I agree. She definitely does that very well, too. Um, but uh, I, I just I like you that you talked about this idea of realism, because for so I think sometimes it's like to be um, when people are talking about their spirituality or their background. It's so it's like you have to be rigid. I'm like, yeah. you know, how did you get here? You know, this all this rigidness is it's life. Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like, you know, people live life. So you want to make sure that you're. Um, you know, everything is not Hallmark channel, but <laughs> it doesn't have to be, you know, terrible, but raunchy or anything, but it just can be realistic Real. and, and that's what you want. And so that's, uh, that's what I want to read. I want to read things that are yeah. realistic and, 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 and resonates with people. And that's um, what we see in the Bible. When exactly. you see, when you see David, Abraham, Moses, they all, mm -hmm. you know, were living life, making they mistakes, did. doing their thing. But were these yeah, prominent stuff going on? Yeah, but were these prominent biblical figures that are the foundation of our faith? So, yeah, you know, sometimes it was ego. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. oh no, you are not going into the land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, um, definitely, it's really, um, it's really important to have that um, that um, realism in 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 writing. Um, so, what are some of the I know a lot of times we get influenced by the people who are around us on a regular basis. So, you know, because as writers, I, I would say the, I say the world is our canvas in a way, like that's where we get, you know, we get our inspiration. So what are some of the, 
the the life lessons surrounding like the people that you've encountered um how has that um impacted your writing some of your experiences yeah well as i mentioned you know being raised by my mom and grandma so i was privy to these strong prominent women uh figures in my journey bending over backwards laying down their life for me in their own way making poor choices sometimes especially when it came to relationships <laughs> and um but overcoming a lot overcoming mental health issues substance abuse um traumatic backgrounds you know poverty all of that um and i definitely include some of those experiences in my writing i would say in my adulthood i've been fortunate enough to have really good friends who I've been doing life with since college so 20 years almost which is insane mm -hmm. um and yet you know we've walked through a lot we've had uh several you know loved ones pass on and dealing with grief grief recovery and divorces and financial struggles and health scares and babies being born and all that stuff so i definitely think watching these women overcome their various life circumstances have been an encouragement to me and then of course them being there for me during my tests and trials and just this theme of strong women you know that God has surrounded me with uh people who are overcomers people who keep going and my pastors are definitely a couple that are in my life who I've looked up to for the last 15 years their marriage has been so strong for over 40 years you know they lay down their lives um in their teens like they've been walking with God for that long and to see them still keep going like no matter who falls away like they're still going you know mm -hmm. um so yeah I've definitely been able to observe the people in my community overcome a lot of difficult hard things and still persevere Yes, and that's so important to just be surrounded by people who you you love and and you'd like to see them. You want to see these people win and to see them win and triumph. That's uh, that's key to just, you know, opening our eyes to, you know, things may go wrong in our lives, but you know, we can still um get to the other side or we can overcome and we can persevere. So that's amazing when you have those uh, moments. Um so as a writer um and we know who inspires you or who you've enjoyed reading but you know writing is a journey so what has um or who has been um maybe someone or or a way that you've um been inspired or encouraged in in your process of writing like you know sometimes people have writing groups or what has been your to or or your motivation to kind of keep writing or or stay connected to writing in a way if if that, if that. yeah cuz yeah well you mentioned writing groups so i have just a lot of outlets with writing um i'm definitely okay. involved well i was involved i haven't <laughs> i haven't participated yet this year <laughs> to my schedule but uh permission to write they are uh, a really great group for black women who are writers led by Ashley Coleman she's a novelist she just released a book <laughs> and nice. um i have a group that i'm a part of called Akron Summit Scribes they meet i think every month or every other month one of the founders of that group is actually my writing mentor she just opened up an opportunity for me for a tv interview so that just goes to show like how your connections can open doors for you and she also is a writing coach um 
I participate in a variety of like workshops and things, but in all honesty, Nikki C, I'm just like in a season of writing. So Mm -hmm. I didn't write for three years because I was in a grief recovery process. But then my book, Stories for the Urban Soul, was released and birthed out of that time. And it's just been go, go, go ever since. (laughs) So I don't really need that encouragement because I'm just in that mode because I did Mm -hmm. that rest period. But these are the opportunities that I have to meet with other writers, connect with other writers. And the Accurate Summit Scribes group definitely holds me accountable. They're so encouraging. They give me opportunities to network. Like I said, I had an interview through one of the members. Um, She gives me so much information and encouragement. So, yeah, I'm definitely plugged into the writing community. They're always doing things um, online. I just got plugged into a Facebook group called Black Authors, and they're they're actually a book launch team. And so one of the ladies who I did an interview on her podcast, she's leading it, and it's set up to where we're helping all of the authors launch their books because I did just create an ebook as well. So the ebook nice. is self-publishing 101, everything you need to know from one author to another. So I'm giving tips to people who want to become self-published or indie authors because all of my books are self-published. So yeah, I'm definitely in a variety of groups. I have my writing mentors and a lot of accountability. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. And then like, I think um, people don't uh, uh, underestimate the importance of mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentors mm-hmm. are so important and they, they connect you because I remember you know, having a screenwriting mentor and, you know, I would be, <laughs> it would be funny. I'd be posting on Facebook or something. And like, you know, how about you? Are you finished that screenplay? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. Why you all blasting me out of my face? I know. Everybody's like, woo. Yeah, you, mm. yeah, did you finish? I was like, um, you know, I, I did not. But now I got to get off because, yeah, I was like, so I was seeing one. I was like, let me hurry, get off of here. But, um, yeah, just holding you accountable and, yeah. and mentorship, it just, it really enhances our own personal growth. And I love that you are a part of a writing community. That's mm. something that a lot of times um, writing can be such a solo act. Yes. But even that still needs community inspiration or to encourage others or be encouraged. Um, so I'm glad that you kind of touched a little bit on the uh, in terms of the the writing scene. So and I have really good friends. Like one of them is literally listening to my novel as we speak. She's on chapter 15 and we sit there for hours of me reading and her, her giving me feedback. She's also a writer. So I'm like, love it. Okay. So we call it story time. So this is, I love that. I love that. Yeah. We have story time scheduled for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Okay. See, cause I think you, you need that. You need someone to, to give you feedback and, yes. and people who give you real feedback, not just, Oh, I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, it's nice. Oh, that was mm-hmm. good. That's a good character, but what makes it a good character? Yeah. Or do you, is you, are you understand? So, you know, sometimes, sometimes you have those people who, you know, you can have them read it and they're just going to tell you how much they love it. But you really mm-hmm. need people who are going to be like, well, you know, I think there was a break here and, there, you may want to focus and dig a little deeper with this character. I was like, that's what you need, not just, exactly. oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't I can't edit a, a whole book or a novel based on you loving it. <laughs> I know. So that's it's always good. But it's good to incorporate family and friends and, and other writers who, who get it and understand. 
um, just the process because it is a oh, process. Girl, and you know, I'm not going to lie. Writing has always been easy for me. I hate saying it because I know so many people have struggled. <laughs> like a lot mm-hmm. of my friends who are writers, they just be like side eyeing me. But it does just flow for me. <laughs> but working on this novel, I have met my match. I mean, I've been working on this mm-hmm. thing for a year and a half now. And I know I'm not mm-hmm. done. And I already submitted it to an editor. And she got she really came for me, okay? And I actually met her <laughs> through the Permission to Write writing group, which I got three uh, sessions of coaching from her and then decided to have her edit the manuscript. And her nice. feedback, yeah, well, it wasn't fun. Her feedback... <laughs> It was so like, what am I supposed to do with this? It was so much that I had to sit with it for a month, and I couldn't even He's like. Look I at need it. to put this I aside. I couldn't even look at it. I was like, I just need a month, and then There's I went a lot back red. to it, and I'm in it now. She said it's good, but I need it to be great, you know, and that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Like it's good, yeah. but I want this to be great. So yes, but I really appreciated it, even though it was just like. I don't know. Hard, because you know, you, especially if you had that one person that was like, oh, I love it. And then you send it to the editor and the editor sends it back. With, you're like, wait a minute now. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> like, but, but honestly, my friend who's hearing it is hearing it after the changes I made from the ah! year, So she's not even getting the for real raw cut version. So, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, by the time it gets to them, I'm like, you don't know. I've read it just like three times. Yeah. <laughs> by the time you read There's this so one chapter. so many different versions. I mean, the whole novel thing. But now I'm knee deep in it. So it's like, okay, yes. it's going to happen. Because I'm already mm-hmm. in it. It's got to happen. But I'm at my match. This might be my one and only novel. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, um, and <laughs> so when writing your novel, I know there's so many different techniques. Are you one of those? What do they call them? Pansy? Just write it off the cuff? Or I am you a free are... writer. And my ah, editor knows she okay. like cringes when I say it because you know she wants the outline and all. I'm like, no, there's, there's no there. outline. I'm a free spirit. I'm a free writer. But you know what it is? It's because, like I mentioned before, I also have a, a business where I do bookkeeping and taxes and so i'm doing a lot of the left brain task oriented mm-hmm. thing and I'm, i am very rigid and da, da, da. so writing for me is like freedom you know um, <laughs> right no no holds bar put it all out there express my creativity and then go back and edit you know <laughs> it's like yeah like, yes. okay now we yeah. gotta clean it up so that's just the way i prefer but everyone has their own you know style I don't think anything wrong with that, especially <laughs> if most of your daytime, you're like, look, I am structured to a T yeah. all day long. This is my chance to be free creatively, and I'm just going to be free. And, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and you know, maybe next novel, you might want to make that outline. Who knows? <laughs> I have thought about that. Like, maybe I will. <laughs> you know what? But you know what? Even the outline itself, a lot of people don't realize that takes some time. Like, you got to sit with an outline because it's like okay from the beginning to the end outline this book and I've done outline because um when I do screenwriting I've had to you know create an outline and it goes a lot faster than when I just think off the cuff I'm gonna be honest (laughs) but um I've been I've too been working on a novel and every time my friend was like look um my writing friends are like I'm gonna need you to get off of chapter one Oh, <laughs> and no. write you and hey, I was like, because I've written chapter one. one like 15 times. I was like, chapter one is perfect. So <laughs> it was like, funny. can we get chapter two? 
you <laughs> you've been working hilarious. on this for 10 years <laughs> no no you need a deadline girl Put the yeah deadline and see that's back. the thing I, i've now short stories i got short stories for days mm-hmm. i can put out another probably put out another book of short stories but that novel and i was yeah. like i got a dream i got a vision well when when is oh, it no. when do you go to write it like, now, maybe i should is. start another one so i was like yeah that is yeah. one thing that's motivating me. I've started telling people when the novel's coming out, so mm. it's like I gotta, I gotta get See, it. See, that's why that's your mistake. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm writing." Then <laughs> they were like, "You still writing?" I'm writing. You still writing? Oh, but yeah, so it's 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 writing is a beautiful. It's like it's one of those things where it is. It can be like I know you said it's easy. It comes easy for you, but. It can be daunting because it's not mm. it's as easy as it sounds. It's a lot of rewriting. That's a lot the of part. getting that getting that back from the editor and feeling your soul Ooh, just crush <laughs> and go in with it. You like I thought Weird. I was a good writer, but I, I don't even I know was. if I'm, I'm all right writer because I'm seeing all this and then you're like, oh, it's good. I'm thinking, okay, oh, and That's like a lot you of red with the short stories. My <laughs> mm-hmm. third book is a compilation of short stories. So I whip those out. Oh yeah. Yeah, a short story. Oh good. I got it. Okay, got the character development. <laughs> 10 pages done. And but novel, novel, novel is another beast. I want to from... tackle a musical. That's oh, that's Lord, I have that's a musical within. Yeah, that's, that's a whole another thing. Within. <laughs> but with my novel, it's actually two different points of view. So it's two characters mm-hmm. with two point of views. Now, what I did do was a really good job of fleshing out their personalities. They're very different. That's They're good. like night and day. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it was like one of the feedback she gave me, and this is for any writers out there who want to do that, two points of views is to alternate the chapters. Because what yes. I did was I had two point of views in one chapter. Which oh. I thought was creative because the chapter heading and the theme, like you could see the theme in both their lives, but it didn't allow you to really get to know one character over the other. And so I had to go back and remove and make sure it was alternating each chapter. That was like the most work. I was like, oh yeah. my God. You're like, what did I see? What did I get started? Yeah, because, you know, and then, and then mentally, when you're as a reader, and then you have to put yourself in reader mode. The reader, you're in one person's head, and then the next thing you know, you are in somebody else's, and you're like, yeah. "When? When did that happen?" So, <laughs> so sometimes I need to start the chapter, you know, in this person's head and go through because I can't you. start with Sarah and then end up in Joe's head. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, well, these are Joe's thoughts. Well, how did I get here? So, it, <laughs> it happens. It definitely happens. So I definitely oh get it. Okay, so I told you I wasn't gonna keep you too long because we had some technical difficulties earlier. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna go into what we call the random round. Okay, and this is where I just kind of ask you a couple of questions, just to or I say a couple, but I really mean three, and and just to kind of see you know so the um, listeners can get a little bit uh, more information about you and such. So you are a writer. But I'm asking you, I remember we said, we talked a little bit about music in the background. So mm-hmm. if you had to choose your favorite artist, who would be in your top five? Woo! So am I choosing five or am I just choosing one of the five? You can choose. Okay, make it easy. You can choose <laughs> one, but they they in your top five. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I'm such a, a 90s R&B head because I'm an 80s baby. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I know my favorite 90s R&B group is Jagged Edge. So I'm going okay. to go okay. with them. Although it's a close tie with SWV. So. Okay. Jagged Edge was my college years. <laughs> SWV was high school. Okay. Uh, yes. Definitely. Yeah. I love both of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. I like first. that. Tie for first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So everybody has, you know, some form of a routine. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Definitely. So first is usually prayer or just some type of dialogue with God. Um, then I have to do the administrative things. So because my day is different every day, since I'm an entrepreneur full-time, I need to look at my calendar. <laughs> I need to see yes. what am I supposed to be doing today. Then I go to my emails. Who do I need to respond to? Then I have to prioritize bookkeeping, taxes. That's like the admin stuff goes first. Um, and then right now I'm actually in physical therapy because I'm recovering from an injury. So that's been a thing at least three days a week. But then... Any Zoom calls, meetings, like all those mm-hmm. things are um, a priority. And then I can, I'm actually helping like publishing now and doing some editing. So those things are priority right now. And then <laughs> yeah. my writing. So if I can yes. just squeeze in the writing and mm-hmm. my friends make fun of me, but I take a nap every day. Okay. So everything it. is getting scheduled around. I was nap. like, look, you getting stuff done. There are people who don't nap and then I like, do. see, that's why you ain't getting nothing but done. Cause you don't take a nap. They're not rushing. And so, <laughs> and I also like to work out. So that's a thing too, where I try to get that in at least three to four days a week. I used to be mm-hmm. five to six, but after my injury, I'm still recovering. So okay. yeah, but I usually, I think what works for me is I do get up. I tend to get up pretty early by seven, six to seven. And I will start doing things, but not engaging with people until after nine. And then, you know, eat. <laughs> and then, of yes, course, eating uh, is important. <laughs> right. And then taking my nap, and then I'm back up again, working again, but switching gears. And I have to be sensitive to what type of energy I have. Is it to create? Is it to do admin? Is it to work on my project? Is it to help someone else? Like mm-hmm. being sensitive to that type of industry. So, I will take a break in the afternoon, but then regroup and keep going to like eight or nine. And writing is flexible and fluid. So, you yes. know, that could be last night I was up till midnight, you know, like that could be really random. There's times where I've been up till 2 a.m. writing or wake up at four and start writing. Like that's just kind of like when you're inspired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I don't have the discipline of, uh, of Toni Morrison and Walter Mosley. They're just like got up in the morning and I wrote for two or three hours and then by 12 I'm done <laughs> I was yeah. like every day <laughs> every day wow. Wow. <laughs> but I loved I remember Walter Mosley was talking about that um his his writing thing and then Toni Morrison talked about it in her um in the documentary that they did um about her a few years back so mm. yeah that writing process uh getting it in where you can so I get it and well you, you know if that's all you're doing but you, you got yeah. podcasts, you teaching, yeah. you doing a lot. So yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, and then, uh, then I got my full time job, which is in oh, higher ed too. So I'm just like, um, <laughs> I, I can't wake up. if I wake up that early. I'm probably gonna check emails and stuff. Yeah, but I, I, you know what? They always say you gotta find time, you gotta make time. So that's I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna figure it out. Um, so 
what perfect last question what profession mm. i mean because you've done a lot of stuff you podcaster i mean not podcaster, but blogger you are a writer you're an editor you you accountant you <laughs> you got your own business entrepreneur you're all of these things what profession other than your own do you think it would have been fun to attempt I would have loved to be in the music industry. That was definitely one of the mm. things I wanted growing up. And my family comes from a, a long line of performers and entertainers and all that jazz. So music, I say writing is my passion, but music is my first love. So yes. to, and I actually was with a friend last week in the studio. So to be in the studio, to be around that type of creativity, and that is definitely a desire of my heart. Yeah, it's 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 something. It moves you, right? I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I wanted to be in the studio as well. I was even gonna. Um, there was at one point there was a, a school that I wanted to go to, and I was going to major in um, was it music management or something, mm. and I was all set. And it was. I think I got in, and I got into the school, like University of. Illinois. I was like, yes. And hey. my mom was like, um, "Who's paying for this? Because that's out of state, and you're not gonna get anything." <laughs> can't pay for this <laughs> my parents was like oh, you no you go into this school so I went gotcha. to the state school but you know <laughs> it's all good I mean it was a good school I went to Purdue Aww. shout out well, to yeah Columbus. that's an amazing, but, yeah, it's amazing yeah it was a good school but I was like <laughs> I want to go to school in Illinois no my mom was like uh no <laughs> so so she killed my dreams of becoming a famous music oh, producer really early and I just majored in English when I, I just majored in English <laughs> I majored in English instead. So actually I double majored in English and African American studies. Oh, girl. So that's why I love that you have culture interwove interwove mm. into yeah. your um writing. So yes. Um <laughs> all right, we're at that mark. Uh we're a little bit behind, but thank you so much for um coming on the podcast. And to deal with the technical difficulties that we uh, had earlier. We worked it out. We're like, no, we we got this. We're going to figure this out. <laughs> so um, if you want to know, so um, if listeners want to get more information about you, where can they go? Yes, you can visit my website, NicoleDMiller.com. It has my blog. It has my books. It has all the things. So you can email me, NicoleDMiller1983 at gmail.com. Okay. All right. So I'll make sure I put that in description. And like I said, thank you so much. You have been a delightful guest and I have enjoyed you immensely. And I know my listeners will find value in your words. So thank you again. And I just want to thank everyone for joining who's been listening from all over the world. Um, Tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. for a new episode. And remember to hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss an episode. And until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again. And if not now, then when?